You're listening to so many sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Uh, today on the show, <laughs> we are talking about da, 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 The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. How's that theme go, Andrew? Do, 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 do. There you go. Do, do, Sounds like Back to the Future to me. The iconic. Anyway, well, themes don't exist. Well, why should they? If everything's everything's derivative of one each other theme these days. to rule them all. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, you're not. <laughs> so last week we talked about the Fellowship of the Ring, yep. the first of this trilogy, right? The first of its name, um, Frodo. Uh, Sam, Aragorn, Gimli, Mary, Pippin, Gandalf. <laughs> That's the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, and Legolas. Legolas. How could I forget the elf? Where we left off, though, terror, horror, right. deep sadness. Gandalf <clears throat> is dead. Yeah. Boromir uh, is dead. Dead. Uh, Mary uh, and Pippin are Kidnapped. Kidnapped. That works. Aragorn and, <laughs> and, and Gimli are like, let's get him. Yeah. And, and Frodo and Sam and and Smeagol. Well, is he Smeagol's not there He's not there no. yet. Just yet. But Frodo well, and Sam are like, well, we'll keep doing the whole thing we're supposed to be doing. He's yeah. still stuck. And you all can just screw around. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we pick up. We get a nice little previously on the Lord of the Rings intro. Which, yeah. Was that necessary? I think, no, it, I, I think it was kind of neat just to see... You know, because it, it movies don't it back, do that though. You they can't think about it. No, they don't. I, and I, and I kind of like them doing that because if you think about it, from the time it's been a, a full year since Fellowship came out, and you got to think the majority of people probably didn't rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a, a select group of people that did, are we, but you throw it in there and you what? you show the backup and, and are like, "Here's what happened previously." Without are we just previously. talking about the part with Gandalf, <laughs> with Gandalf. fighting the yeah? The Balrog? beginning when we yeah. well we yeah. get a little we do get a little peek at what Gandalf was yeah. doing well, we get, once he finally fell. Yeah, we get this other side of the story, but we get to yeah. see the fly you fools again and all yeah. that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And we talked about last week that could have been an interesting way to end that movie. But when they brought it back and you got to see Gandalf going down and fighting the Belrog, I liked that because then it was like, okay, we saw what happened. We all just thought he died. And now we see that he's fighting and mm-hmm. going toe to toe with the demon shadow, mm-hmm. 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 which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was neat. I thought it was a cool way to kind of uh, illustrate that. But it all turns out to be uh, Frodo's dream or does a vision it? of some sort, maybe. Does it? A ring-inspired vision. <clears throat> because it's, it, he comes back for real and is like, <laughs> I fought from the t- deepest point of the ocean to the tallest point of the mountains. Yes, that's right. We get and Later we end up getting the, the conclusion of that story yeah. and uh, Gandalf's uh, resurrection. But the uh, story really, I think, unless I'm remembering wrong, really starts off with uh, with Frodo and Sam meeting, uh, meeting Gollum. Mm. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's where it really kicks off. And I don't know. He tries uh, to steal the ring. Yeah, from his finger. They trap or him. Not his finger, but his, the necklace. They yeah. convince him to guide them to Mordor because he's been there. And they don't know where they're going. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then uh, on the other half, yeah, the other half of the story is uh, Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas trying to save Merry and Pippin, and then trying to save uh, Gondor. So I remember the word Gondor. <clears throat> I found myself bored. Not well, yes, but it's not at every point. I really. I, I I found myself really not caring what was going on with anyone but Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. Mm. I wanted more of that story. And when we switched to Aragorn, I was like, I really don't care. When we switched to Mary and Pippin, I really didn't care. Yeah. Because they, they're they not even really forwarding the story at this point. Even no. the trees they walk had, in this movie. Shut up. They, had to, they, had to, they, actually, uh, they actually changed a little bit of Sam and Pippin's story to give them some more urgent, more agency in this movie. Because in the, in the book, apparently, the trees... So they, there's a moment, and you guys may remember this, may not, where the trees, like, vote, the Ents, they vote mm-hmm. about whether or not they're going to mm-hmm. join this war or not, and they decide more or less, no, we'll take you back where you're supposed to go, but we're not going to get involved, because it doesn't really affect us. And uh, Pippin says, okay, you can take us, you know, like, one of them says, yeah, take us north, and then Pippin says, no, actually, take us south, which takes them to the basically the wrong direction, but it forces the trees to come across this big clearing where whole swaths of their kind have been massacred to fund to, to fuel this war and it gets them 
it gives it, it shows them the reason they have to fight. And that's in the book. They just apparently in the book the trees just go, yeah, let's do it, let's go to war. Mm-hmm. Like so, they kind of rewrote that to give them a little bit more of an impact. I have a hot take about that. Go ahead. Okay. If they cut out all those trees and Treebeard and Treebeard mm-hmm. says, I knew most of these trees. There were many of my friends. I've known them since they were an acorn. Mm-hmm. How did Tree and Treebeard pretty much knows everything about the forest? How did he not know that? Yeah. That's that's my thing. It's weird that the news wouldn't reach him. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, it's like an entire they don't have an entire internet. part of the forest. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's entire... not all over Twitter yeah. with a hashtag deforestation or treat, anything t- like that. Treater. Treat I mean, they did take them a while to have the conversation. If you remember, like just mm-hmm. the conversation about whether or not they were going to take Pippin back mm-hmm. and Pippin and Mary back. They were like, they took them like two, they took them like daytime. Like also, all this this tree man thought they were orcs, so I'm not sure he's the brightest. Okay, that's true. He did. He thought they were orcs. Yeah. He kept calling them orcs, and when they insisted they weren't, he still didn't really believe them. <laughs> My people have said you're not orcs. The end. People have said. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. This movie, saying you're orcs. this movie didn't win me over. Uh, it's hard as a movie. It is. It, like, I know a, that it's, it's a bridge, yeah. and I wish it were more of a self-contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that'd make it better. In the first one, they did a good job of giving me some backstory and giving me a little bit of action. Giving me some backstory and giving me a little bit of action. And off mic, I was saying it was just backstory, backstory, backstory. And, like, I don't feel like they did a great job in telling me who certain people were. Mm-hmm. Um couldn't tell you most of the names of the people from the town that I can't remember that was they were trying to save. That's I one of my problems with these fantasy epics is I can't I can't keep the name straight because they're so you got uh, uh, they all they all, sound yeah, like, they lot, all end with door. A lot of yeah. times they're similar and they're so outside of like the realm of what we're used to hearing. Yeah, yeah. Off, just, they don't stick with me. Well, off mic, I was talking to these guys and I was saying, who was knockoff Thor? What was his name? Carl Urban. Was who the was actor's who name. was uh, Snape? Oh, Snape Bones. The or, Snape or, equivalent or of... Yeah, you yeah, kept whatever. calling him Snape, and I just did not know uh, what that meant. He was worm, Snape. Yeah. He looked he, exactly he, like he was Snape. Wor- worm tongue. He does come across. Yeah, he's Wormtail. Like, like we, got worm, we got Wormtail. Worm we still got the Dementors riding the dragons. Um, I mean, they can't... I mean, <laughs> the ring wraiths came before the... It did. Dementors. I know. I know. It's just funny. So. It's funnier for me to do it this way, because I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people. Um, Why are you... You know, we want people to listen to Yeah, I know, but you always got to have a little contention. You yeah. gotta have it. Yes, you do. Yeah. Contention makes yeah, the world. That's what we call Garrett. That's, that's what we call Garrett. We call him Little Contention. <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> Hobbit name. That's my Hobbit name. And, but then I also thought that Knockoff Thor died because they. I thought they even said, know what that means. Knockoff Thor. Knockoff Thor. He's the blonde who came Urban, back with who, uh, Gandalf at the end. Who is like one of the, the guys who's like the the writers of Rohan? What makes right? him He comes Thor. back with Gandalf. He's got the helmet and the blonde hair and the, the gruffness. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's Thor. also Carl Urban is also Australian. I so know that. that wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't Thor be knockoff? This man? No, Thor's been around for millions and millions of years. This man lives in a time unbeknownst to man. No, there's men in this movie. Unbeknownst. They know about them. Aramir. He is a man. Aramir. Aramir. Yeah, you know who that is? Not to be confused with... knockoff Thor. Not to be confused with Boromir. But if I would have said his name, would you have known who that was? No. Exactly. That's why I say knockoff Thor. He looks like a knockoff Thor. Or Denethor. Anyway. But going back, I just didn't feel like they did a good job of telling me who a lot of these people are, why they mattered, and why it mattered. Um... I got it in the second half when things were starting to build up to that battle, but before then, it was like, who the hell are these people that came out of nowhere that I that they haven't done a good job of telling me who they are until the until the second half. Yeah, that's the movie. That's the problem with movies, isn't it? When they're adapted from books, that's the problem. You yeah. can't tell everyone everything. No, it makes it very and it's a it's a big point of contention in book adaptations. I think a lot of people, um, you guys, I think more so than me. Uh, lament how the Harry Potter movies differ from the books at times, um, and how there are things that Only are times. I don't left mind out. Much. So <clears throat> you kind of have to go one way or the other. You can either be really, really, you can either adapt the book almost page for page and make minor changes, or you have to kind of go like, we're going to have to kill some of the book starlings here and say, you know, we don't have time to show you how X <clears throat> got to be. We're just going to like give it to a different character yeah. and have them do it. That's why I think television is a better medium for book to film adaptations. It can be. Mm. You know, we've already we're getting a Lord of the Rings yeah. TV show, but it is not uh, based on the book at all. 
Well, it's based on the book. It's not an adaptation of the book. So we won't know what that looks like. But That's going to be interesting. But think about like a Harry Potter show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would be... Do that out over seven seasons. Seven to nine, yeah. Seven to nine seasons, hour-long episodes. You could fit most everything in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they could with this, too, if they were to do it, but they are not to do it. Yeah. I think the real, to me, the real standout of the two towers, because I struggle... And and I, and I and when I was watching it this time, it stood out to me. I struggle to actually pinpoint what happens in the two towers. Mm-hmm. I so often when I try to think about this movie, I attribute things that happen in it to the other two movies. And so, like I, I well, as I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, I guess this happens in this movie. Oh, I guess I guess this happens in this movie. Um, like when they see the the Oliphants, I was like, I could have swear that happened in Return of the King, but okay, uh, here we are. And so. It doesn't stand out a lot to me, but the only the main thing that stands out and the main thing that I think still holds up is the the, the work done to make Gollum work. Mm-hmm. I think the Gollum, uh, I think sort of pop culture of the time will back this up is like he's the crowning achievement of the movie, The Two Towers. Like all the other special effects are equally good, but as a digital <clears throat> character, nothing had ever been quite like Gollum before, and he influenced. You know, hundreds of digital characters to come, from for the performance to also just the uh, the uh, the the uh, execution of the visual effects. I feel like you can't really talk about the two towers without talking about the character Gollum and how they pulled that off. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree. And Gollum made Andy Serkis a huge name. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and he is. I mean, he is the most interesting character in this movie. He By far. has his split personality with Gollum and Smeagol, um, where he's you see him being pulled left and right, and that scene where he is talking to himself, um, you know, we need to get rid of the hobbits. No, Master is our friend. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he exiles, oh, he exiles Gollum, and and you see the return of Smeagol. You right. see the return of Smeagol, and. You know that he's been, like, they kind of went over it in the first one where he's been so corrupted and so tortured in his life because of the ring. And, and he was tortured at Mordor. And all of the things that he went through. And he finally stands up to Gollum and he's like, leave and never come back. And I really felt for him right yep. there. And that was the first time. And that's like hour and a half in maybe? I don't know. But that was the first moment where I felt anything out of this movie. Mm. And that was kind of the turning point for me. I know. Like, okay, now things are really starting to 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 pick up and build up, and and so this is they're they're really advancing. It's it's less of the exposition, and the exposition is finally paying off something. So I really felt for him in that moment, and then immediately after was the funniest scene with him and Sam <laughs> arguing about how to eat rabbits and eat fish. Yeah, as, as Smeagol's so upset that he's cooking the rabbits, he's like. Give me raw and yeah. all that stuff. So it was right. Thought I put a thought I put a rule against. That's voice why I only voice. did it halfway. I didn't try to do one. I just made my voice change a little. Bit. The fronds. No. <laughs> but then, yeah, later on, he goes back, and you see the return of of Gollum, and so he's just pulled in so many different directions, and he is the most interesting and dynamic character in this movie. Everyone else is honestly pretty flat. Yeah, I, I don't in know. In this movie, I think they're all. I think they're all serviceable to to good. I don't think they're necessarily. I don't think anybody stands out as much as Gollum. Nope, no, no. Personally, um, you know, I think. No, I think it's his story this time. I, I think. Agree. Yeah, it's really it's and and like you said, that's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, I know that you guys, everybody's a big fan of the potatoes moment. Oh, it's the best part. Yeah, it's the best part of the franchise, in my opinion. <laughs> This is not. I'm not joking. That's not funny. <laughs> I mean, everybody loves potatoes. Josh. Everybody loves a good tater. Hell yeah. yeah. Except for Schmeagle. Schmeagle, he prefers he raw. Listen, if you don't like a, a good Gross. tater in Flesh. a stew, yeah. man, it's soft. Mash them. Boil them. Stick them in a stew. Exactly. You know, hey. It's the best part. Um, yeah, it is really good. But you got to set up. You got to. They got to spend a lot of time setting up Gollum in this story because of what happens in the Return of the King, which we'll talk about next week. But that's you know besides the point. What I said besides, yeah, besides the point. Besides, right besides. What's the point? No. What's the point, Andrew? Get to the point. <laughs> that's, that's the point. 
What do you think? What do you think? Does this movie? Did this movie? Does this movie yeah, work on its own for you, or do you think it really needs? Stroll, to, so. Yeah, you well, watched the extended cut. He's getting smacked down. For starters, sorry I cut you off. Yeah, well, you more trailed off. That's all right. My bad. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. That's, all right. That's okay. Um. What were we talking about? Oh my God! Lord of the Rings, the two towers. You're fired. <laughs> you didn't watch it. No, I watched all. You watched four. the extended edition. I did watch the. Extended What's the edition. difference? The difference is, is that you do Three see and a half more, more hours of walking. That and I, you needed to take that argument and put it in the grave because it is poor. <laughs> it's stupid. It's nonsensical. And sure really, truly, could. when you try, when this man in this movie tries to say that it's boring that trees walk. Trees don't walk at all. That's an interesting point. Well. Clerks 2 is a garbage movie. Yeah. And you ought to be ashamed that you, you like it. You need to put so it much. in the Randall no. Graves. Oh, that was well done. <laughs> That's his name. That was well done. Double check that before I said it. I had to defend. The internet's going to be mad, so I had to step in. Bring it, internet. You don't want Look, that. it's a, it's a, it's the other side of the coin. There are a lot of people who love the Lord of the Rings, and there are a lot of people who don't like the Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's like you know, a lot of people who think, but that you know, Grandma's boy. They think it is. They think that it is. <laughs> there are a lot of people who think that it is boring, and there are a lot of people that act, that share Randall's uh, slash sometimes Garrett's point of view uh, slash always. <laughs> You know, hey, I admitted I was wrong for the first. We one. even watched. Uh, we even watched a review. Ebert and Roper reviewing these two movies, and they were divided on. You know, uh, we, well, it. we watched them review the first one. We didn't did watch. The, the I didn't watch the two towers. I haven't either. We should look that up. We should look it up. See if they maintain those points of view. Because Ebert was very pro. It's an incredible achievement, and Roper was very pro. It was really long, and I didn't care for it. It, it was. It's a really fascinating watch. Is Ebert and Roper review the Fellowship of the Ring because I feel like it's a perfect summation of every argument that's ever been had. You know, proceed uh, following it because, like, you know, they were like one of the first people to review it. Uh, so anyway, what's, what, the, difference what's the difference between the extended edition and the add? regular edition? There's definitely more fleshed out in in the extended edition because what you get is you get a little bit more of Rohan. You get a little bit more of. I feel like you get a little bit more of. Uh, the ints, like you learn a little bit more about the ints. You definitely learn. You're, you're definitely with more with. Uh, let's see, because I've it's been a, it's been a long time since I've seen the original Two Towers. I've really only like he last only few, watches the extended. I really only watch the extended edition because you get a lot out of it. You get more out of it, and I feel but like you can't tell me what. Not the, not, <laughs> not a lot of this juncture, but no, but like. No, you just honestly, you just get more out of it. Yeah. That's all I can say is that you just get more out of these extended editions. And thank you, Peter, for doing that. Yeah, but, thanks, but, Pete. But 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 like in all honesty, it's there's a lot more with the Gollum. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot more with Gollum. Oh, I'm interested in that. So yeah, I would definitely take away anything. If there's anything I would say that's interesting about the extended edition of this, you get a lot more from Gollum. You know, it's kind of funny because I I can't can't imagine them needing more time mm-hmm. for this movie because I feel like they pack so much into all three individual hours. Mm-hmm. Um, the first hour I found to be more engaging than the second, and then it, like Garrett kind of said, it brought it kind of brought you back by the by the you know like the midway of the third, in my opinion. But like, there's a lot of just there's a lot of just characters meeting for the first time and not really knowing what to do. You know, there's like character like when they show up at Theoden's kingdom and he's like not really sure like they're kind of like they haven't met before they're having to like catch each other up on things you know he's been out of it in the Mm -hmm. movie possessed by saruman even though i believe that's not really a thing in the book it's kind of it's kind of just i don't think it's i don't think they're just directly implied that he's possessed Mm -hmm. by saruman directly anyhow there's all this like meet people meeting for the first time characters trying to figure out what's going on elsewhere there's a subplot they create with aragorn getting lost Mm-hmm. Uh, for the movie, and I feel like um, I, I like it, but I also don't really need all the sub stuff. Well, and I didn't think that that with him and I didn't think him getting Tyler. lost was served any point to the story. In my did. personal opinion, yeah. if you if he would have just fought that battle and they would have gone back together, you would have got the same amount of thing out of it than no. if he would have fallen off the cliff and drifted off into some water, jumped on a horse and rode back. Like, no, it, it, I don't think it served a purpose, the, but maybe that's just the, the only The only logistical purpose it served was that he saw the bad guys coming and rode back to tell them. Yeah. They could have had a scout do that and right. just have Aragorn back. I, I don't think we really need... They really wanted to, 
to include all this stuff with Liv Tyler's, um, is it Eowyn? Arwen. Something like that. I think it's Arwen. Arwen. I I can't keep it straight. There's three women in this movie. There are three women in this movie, and their names are like Arwen, Eowyn, and Eowyn. Like, they're like as as close to each other as as they can be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really hard to keep straight for me. Um, I don't know if that's time well spent. I would rather spend it with just the characters that we have or spend it with more stuff with, with Gollum and things like that. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot stuff in, like they get a lot into the first, like the first hour goes by. I looked up and go, it's only been an hour. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've done two hours worth of stuff. That, that first, that first hour definitely does lag. Mm-hmm. It, it will, it, it does have that dragging. It does have that dragging feeling. And I feel like, yeah, there's, they're trying to catch you up. They're trying to flesh out as much stuff as they can. Mm-hmm. And there is things that, like, probably, should, probably shouldn't be in there for pacing purposes. But also, uh, it, they, I think they were meant to, like... I think they were meant to put that in there purely for story. Like, this is a purely story-based... I think this is... Uh, it, we, you said it just a second ago. This is the bridge. But this is also the most story-based of the three. Well, and you gotta... I look at it in a sense of... I equate it to something that we've already talked about, but... Um, uh, Age of Ultron, where a lot of people don't necessarily like that movie. They don't feel like it's very good, but... And again, I'm watching these movies for the first time since they came out, so I know that what happened in this movie is going to set up and, and prepare for a lot of stuff that happens in return. So mm-hmm. it, th- that's the problem with those bridge movies is that they they take from the first one, build it, and lead in to the third or whatever the next one is, and it's hard for it to be developed on its own sometimes. Not all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially in this particular series because of the fact that everything is just... It's basically just one big epic. And and that and you can say that because none of them are their own standalone movies. Mm-hmm. Like, first one ends on a cliffhanger that leads you into the second one. This one ends on the ends on a cliffhanger that leads you into the third one, and the third one probably brings you to that conclusion that you've been waiting for for the past two movies. So it's just big one one long big epic, and so you have that whenever you've got that bridge movie, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's just what those movies do is they're they're helping advance mm-hmm. and prepare. Mm-hmm. Can I? I want to. I want to present something though. Present. Because I like the two towers. I wouldn't say I love the two towers. I think I like Fellowship of the Ring more. But with it being a bridge, and with the whole, with the whole, the whole sort of point of this story being to get you from one point to the next point to set you up for the final story. Do you feel like? Do you feel like you were excited for the next movie once it was over? Once this movie was over? Yeah, once this movie, were you excited for Fellowship of the King? Return? Return oh, I'm King. sorry, Return of the King? Fellowship of the King. I'm making, <laughs> making my own Lord of the Rings movie coming out next year, Fellowship of the King. Uh, were yeah, you excited I for the next I thought it one? was a better cliffhanger than the first movie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, this movie ends with Gollum planning to kill them. Yeah, that's true. That's a bit more exciting than just being separated. Let's hunt some orc. Scooby-Doo style. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would use the word excited, but definitely intrigued. I was interested in where it was going to go. I want to know who she is that mm. he was alluding to. Um, you know, they're on this quest, and he's been helping them this whole time. And now is he going to actually lead them to Mordor? Because they don't know where they're going. They have to trust him. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely intrigued as to what is going to happen. But I don't know if the word exciting is the one. Because I, I would say that something that what we talked, we, like you mentioned, something that like the Marvel movies have done is like, even even if you if you boil it down to just like the post credits idea, of just like a stinger that makes you go, oh crap, I gotta see the next one now. Like you get like a little bit excited about seeing the next thing, and mm-hmm. this ends on a pretty on a pretty on a pretty standard cliffhanger of kind of like you know, let's you know who knows what's gonna happen next. You know we're gonna be back you know a year from now with the next movie, but like I don't know. There's nothing something that made me go like like oh. Like I wasn't like I wasn't like and, and obviously it's because I've seen them before I've seen them before, but it just kind of stood out to me as you were talking about this being a middle movie that I don't feel like while while it the story has been set for the events of the next movie I don't feel like I don't know just like there's no there's no like I don't feel like the anticipation is adequately built I feel like 
if I was a fan, I would be yeah. like, well, I'm excited for the next movie because I know what happens in the book. I'm not necessarily excited because the movie like made me go, oh, man, I can't <laughs> wait to see what they're going to do next. I'm wondering if that's because we just came down from this huge battle at Helm's Deep. Yeah. And now we're back into the quiet woods. And so you've expended all your <clears throat> excitement capital in the battle. Yeah. So then once, possible. It, once it quiets down, you're like, well... I would... Now I'm all... That's it, huh? I, I think <laughs> one thing, and and again, being the person who's seen these movies the least, maybe I don't remember correctly. But one thing I think they could have done to give me that, that moment is <clears throat> it seems like the, the only thing right now that you've got is Gollum and him leading them on a path to mm-hmm. know only he knows where. In return, Andrew, I'm looking at you, I know Frodo has his, he struggles the most, obviously, as the ring mm-hmm. keeps getting him. Does he have a moment where he has a split also where he's arguing with the good self and bad self, very similar to Schmeagol and Gollum? I don't think he has a split, but there's a point in time when he... Without spoiling it too much, there's a point in time when he says, "I don't want to destroy the ring. The ring is mine." Because I think what I think what was missing for me is everything seems to be hunky dory. Like the good guys won everything. Mm-hmm. Frodo had his moment of pulling the sword on Sam, and that was resolved, and everything is good. I wish I would have had some moment where they're all good. But then you hear some, like Frodo hears something and something gets to him mm-hmm. and he has this moment. It doesn't have to be like an, it has to just be, just plant the seed again mm-hmm. of you think it's good right now because you just had this moment and then Schmigel does his whole thing. And then something happens with Frodo where he has some kind of internal thing and that's how it ends is him mm-hmm. like, oh, there is still something there. Like, you know, there's something there, but seeing it one more time, I think would have been like, oh, Mm-hmm. This is interesting, mm-hmm. and I think that would have helped me a little bit. There's not, I mean, you'll, you'll see it definitely in the next movie, but there is something to that nature, not quite to the extent of Gollum in mm. Siegel, yeah. But there is something there, and I think the reason, I think the reason is, is because Gollum had it longer. Well, yeah. sure, Gollum had it for what sixty years or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he, he had his life, maybe yeah, longer. Had, yeah, I mean. Unnaturally old age, but they had talked. They had talked about the eye was so oh, close man, to seeing Frodo. Like Frodo could feel the eye was almost upon him. That's something that he said in this movie. So I think that had something happened mm-hmm. with whether it's internally with him and Frodo or externally with uh, Sauron and and Frodo, I think that would have set up more door than. Just the just the Smeagol thing, because because again you had you second to get that you had the the end of the battle where the good guys won, so that's all taken care of, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, now it's just up to Frodo, and then you had the the trees beat Saruman, and so that's all taken care of, and literally the only thing that you have going into the next one is Smeagol leading them to mm-hmm. who knows what, mm-hmm. and I wish there was just one more thing to kind of pique my interest. I mean, we kind of get that in this, just a tiny. Yeah, I mean, Smeagol plan- plotting to kill them isn't interesting enough. It but, is, but, but it, it's just that one thing. Like everything else seems fine, and he's the only well, thing well, that you got. That's, I think they could have. I mind. think, like you said, they they show him. They definitely show Frodo tilt t- teetering. Yes. Like he, he's oh, like yeah. he's like yeah. rubbing he the ring yeah. in his yeah. sleep. He almost kills Sam. He like almost gives himself over to the Nazgul. Like. He's very much teetering. Yeah. I think that you could give like, if we're if we're kind of changing the ending a little bit, you could show Gollum and his little plot, you know, all that, you know, do that little thing, right? But then you could also kind of throw in like a little tease of a wild card of like, okay, that's the main thing we need to worry about is Gollum and whoever this thing is, and then you tease like a little wild card of like, well, Frodo might yes. actually be the, per- the person to really worry right. about. You could you could have done both of those things, and it could have been like you because know, you know, and, like but, you know that he had his his issues in the movie, but they set it up to where even though you know it's not, they set it up to where oh it's fine, they're good, he got over it, mm-hmm. he's friends with Sam, now right. everybody's happy hunky dory going on this mission. Oh wait, there's him easy. there. 
But well, that's the way they put it. Like, if right. they would have just given me one little nugget of, no, not everything is fine with Frodo. He's still jacked up. And here's a little nugget. Why would you think he's all hunky-dory now? You don't. That's not what but I'm saying. You, but, like, you, you say, you show me one more thing. You show me one more thing just to yeah. make sure that it's still in the forefront of my mind. Because, right. again, they set it up to where he went through his thing. And then he's. we know that Seen he's still struggling. But at this moment, he's fine. You have it at the end where he's like, oh, there is still mm-hmm. more bubbling. Mm-hmm. Things aren't the way they seem. Mm-hmm. All right, we talked I think to most people just remember that. We, yeah. But again, that would have given me something more excited to think about and be excited about than just not having anything there. Right. I, I was not excited. I was again, thinking of that, I intrigued, guess. But. Well, we've talked about Frodo now, but I want to hear about Sam the Brave. What about him? He's brave, ain't he? Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a kick-ass guy. And his little speech at the end was and nice. That's the end of that. Yeah, I liked his speech. I it's think. I think he gave spe- another Rudy speech. Yeah. yeah, I think at the end of his speech was probably the most well-written of the entire trilogy. Hit me in my heartstrings. Yep. I mean, it's still. I mean, the movie's almost twenty years old, and that that's that speech in particular still has power. That's a good speech. It's a very good speech. He's talking I, about, I, I don't know if it's in the novel. He's or talking about, uh, he's talking about, you know, uh, there's still good. There's still world. good in the world, and you know, it's like there's not though. That's what we're doing. That's what we're, we're no, here. No, there for. is. We're living in the time of the Lord of the Rings, where the good have to rise together and fight for the good because the it's Earth. worth fighting for. The middle is just hard to find right now. Is it? Yeah, it is. Hmm. You have to keep hope alive. Yeah, mm. hope against hope. This is the last thing that's holding me. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, what else? You, I want you to dig into this a little more as I read the review you wrote on Letterboxd and mm-hmm. have yet to mention any of the things that you talk about in this mm-hmm. somewhat long review. He's very good at that. <laughs> you, hey, listen, Andrew is a. Is he an says enigma. a lot more in his in his review. He knows he he, he has these eloquent things, and then he gets here and he goes, "What are we talking about again? <laughs> Where are we at?" I want you I want you to expand wow. on this idea you wrote about that. These, it's comparable to The Godfather. Okay, so for starters, if you want to read this review, it's <laughs> yeah. on Letterboxd. Yeah. So, um, so what I take away from this is that The Lord of the Rings is a direct adaptation of of this of of its own source material, which is the novel. Right. The novels, the, the Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and The Return of the King. The Godfather mm-hmm. is in the same is in the same regards of this. When you make a sequel, when you make a sequel to anything, it is extremely hard. And I mean extremely hard to follow that up. Yes. So I think all of us here can agree to that. There's maybe a handful of times when there's maybe a handful of times when the when the sequel is just as good as its predecessor. And there's really a handful of times when the sequel is better than its predecessor, i.e. The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I.e. Um, I, Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. Gar- 2. Guardians, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not so fast. You get out of here. <laughs> Not so fast. Um, but you agree with me. Uh, Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man yes. 2. Okay. So, and even Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Especially Endgame. Yeah. So, with that regard, yep. With that regard, with that regard, to keep it going is an incredibly hard feat. The two towers here manages to do that. It manages to keep it afloat. Doesn't manage to sink it a little bit. Yes, we may be bored. Yes, we may be. <laughs> yes, we may be bored. Yes, but yes, we may be bored. Yes, it may not be as good. Yes, it might go down in quality yeah. a little bit, yes. but it doesn't sink it. Yes, it's a bridge, but that's exactly it. It's a bridge. It keeps right, it, right, it, right, it, keeps right, it afloot. Right. right. That's all right. I think Godfather Two is boring too. It's not a train and wreck. It, no. no, it's not a train wreck. It is not a train wreck at all. And you definitely, if there's anything you can take away from it, we've just discussed everything that is really good about it. We've discussed the character development, the the development of Gollum, the the build up to the uh, uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. and just how many really big orcs there are out there. There's apparently there is a ton. Yeah, well, they make it out of mud. They make it out of mud, but like, yeah, it's just setting all this up, and then all of a sudden we get more into the journey of of uh, Frodo and Sam. So now they know where they're going, but do they have trouble on the, along the way? Maybe. 
This movie does a great job of keeping the mystery alive of what is happening. The second movie, or the second book, a direct literal ad- adaptation of this from the source material, doesn't happen that often in movies. And to get it, to get the, to get what we get is truly a gem. To get what we get is something that's worthwhile. And it's, and it should be, it should be noted that we, whenever we get something like this, we should not take it for granted. Mm. Yeah. Well, so, go. so well, you, thank you for listening. How does thank that, you for listening to my. So, would talk. you say it's more comparable then to the Godfather Part Two? Mm, com- comparable, maybe, mm. because like. The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two are both coming from the same book. There's only, well, I take, there's two books. There's two books, The Godfather and The Godfather Returns, but yeah. The Godfather Returns, nothing happened with it. Like, no, yeah. no movies or anything were made from it. Now, did they, uh, did they plan The Godfather to be a, a series of films? I think, I think what happened was, was that, like, when they made the first Godfather, when they made for the, the first Godfather, they looked at this. They they looked at the rest of the book and they're just they're like there's a whole lot of this book we left out and there's enough here for another movie, hmm. and they they adapted it and they were able to make it what it was. I personally think, and we may cover this in another podcast. <laughs> I personally think the second Godfather is better than hmm. the first. Fascinating, but I think that's the first just one me. went over so well that uh, the movie company just made them an offer they couldn't refuse. It sounds right. Monastana. <laughs> <laughs> it was funnier when, when it's like the, the jokes are so bad they I like it makes me angry for a second <laughs> oh Garrett's yes yeah they're aggressively unfunny no I know that's why I, I don't love think them. you do no I, I love it. it but but I Garrett, love but, it but Josh Josh yes I didn't I, laugh but I appreciate it I didn't <laughs> I don't think you did either that's yes. your secret you're always angry well when I have to listen to that crap it's <laughs> my favorite thing um, dad, dad jokes are these the are dad jokes. So what else? I'm these are not dad jokes. These pop are culture reference jokes. These yes. are these are family guy no, jokes. No, they're not jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they've missed that and they've yeah. gone further. <laughs> <laughs> I have so thrown else, the jokes into the. What else is in Andrew's review that he's not saying here? Oh, that's about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so literally, really, what I was just doing was comparing it to the liter, to the literary adaptations of this series and that one because cool. we don't we don't get that a whole lot. No. Now, in fairness, you have not read the books, right? Correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Correct. Have you read the Godfather books? <coughs> um, first chapter. <laughs> That's not a lot of it. But <laughs> so, how do you know? Okay. So what? How do you know? He's just glad they I exist, so he doesn't have to read them. As it isn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh boy! I'm going to read them whenever this series is over. No, you're not. No, you're I not. Will too. I still. I will, watching, I will remind. You've been watching all three of these movies for every, like the last 15 years of your life, and you've never decided to go ahead and read the books. Not yeah. This was established on the last episode. Now say it again. Now I'm the only one who's read the books. So is I'll it a literal it. adaptation from the book? Uh, I don't think this one is is considered one of the better. Like, well, not that it's poorly adapted but that it's not uh it's loose it's not yeah there's some there's some they there's take a few some, more they changes take some creative liberties yeah, they, with yeah. this one more than the others because you only got so many so much time four hours is just not enough well apparently and you know <laughs> not, the, the consensus the consensus online seems to be that the extended edition are, are the far preferred versions of these movies and i believe that most of the time the extended editions have more information and they make uh, make more sense you know you can go back to um what was it suicide squad that everybody said the extended edition was better wow would you pick that because yeah, that one's because that, well, that was really say, bad yeah, people say that about but people Donna say justice. that that's also yeah there you yeah. go people about, say that about justice. Justice. did they even make a suicide squad director's cut they might have i think they did i, I think they, they did I, well you could say i'm the same. always Go ahead. I, I, I'm always hesitant. Now, I, I won't include Peter Jackson in this right away. I'm always hesitant of director's cuts because I'm sure they're always great. I'm sure they're, they're I, I'm sure that generally they are better because it's the director's vision. But sometimes when I see that like a director's cut of a movie is being released, it just tells me that they couldn't make it work with the, with like regular limitations. And if that's the case, it's like well. The movie you're admitting yourself that the movie it's the movie that you released isn't the best version of the movie. Well, it is well, an interesting admission. It's like right, yeah. like you couldn't you couldn't make it work, 
and now like they're letting you put out a director's edition so you can maybe make it up to some fans. Well, I think I think the other thing is, is that um, we discussed this in an earlier podcast. I think about studio intervention. Yeah. Because most of the times studios get in the way and they're just like, well, we want it this way. We want it this way, this way, this way, and we don't want but, you to do it. But we, I, we don't want you to do it the way that you want it to. I think an element of that could also speak to maybe uh, maybe this is naive. They could also speak to a director's inability to work with a studio. Sure. Zack Snyder has released a director's cut for every movie he's ever made. Mm-hmm. That, that all that tells me is Zack Snyder cannot work with a movie studio. But, I would tend to agree with that because it's also pretty accepted that his director's cuts are typically far better. Yeah, yeah. Like like Watchmen. I don't like, think he knows Watchmen how to. Is a great yeah, I don't think he knows how to make a movie to studio standards. And if he didn't have to worry about that, if he was making his own independent movies, he'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be Warner Brothers' go-to guy for comic book movies or movies they think require over the top visual effects. It, and and another one is I don't know how we got on this topic. I'm sorry. What, no, no, no. Because we what we're talking about extended editions. editions, right? It seems like <laughs> you know. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> These movies are already three hours long, right? So I don't think. Uh, I mean, it, it's ple- it takes a lot to for a studio to want to put that out in the yeah. first place. Mm-hmm. That's and why then, I wouldn't really include him in this. Yeah, so these almost seem like they they have a special circumstance around them because they they also become nearly four hours long in the extended cuts. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different than a lot of the director's cuts we see these days where it's like 20 extra minutes of footage. Yeah. Is that really a director's cut? Yeah. Or did you just call it one to sell more Blu-rays because you added deleted scenes into them? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's director's cuts air quotes where they put deleted scenes in and then there's director's cuts like this where mm-hmm. the story can almost change. Well, let's say that they came out with this today. Do you think in this world that we live in that they would be I mean three three hour mish movies would be acceptable. Like you get Yes. You, Actually yeah. I think it would be too. I think it would be more inclined to do it, and I think that they would be more inclined to give him more leeway. Mm-hmm. And maybe I mean, right. I mean, I don't think that you could sell me on like a three and a half or four hour movie. But I think that with the the structure that we have now, with accepted sequels and accepted franchise, like that's mm-hmm. the that that is the thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, when this came out in two thousand two, that was kind of the the and it, like that's when it all kind of started mm-hmm. to be. Like, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we would... I think that the structure of the movies would change a little bit, but I think that it would be... I think it would be interesting to see a take on it now. It'd be fascinating to see it directed by somebody else. Not that I think is. I, I, I just mean... It'd be interest, it's kind of like how Star Wars is in J.J. Abrams' hand or Star Trek is in J.J. Abrams' hand. Uh-huh. It'd be fascinating to see what Lord of the Rings would look like if somebody else were the director. Like, if John Favreau were just directing it, or you know, no, I mean, or somebody, we'll find out what the Lord of the Rings world looks like in a different hand when the TV series comes. Yeah, out. I am it's excited for that. That's gonna yeah. be good. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Taika Waititi's directs Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I would actually say that would probably not be great. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> it would be it's not what he should. It's not his, no, no. his no. type of material. Well, I don't he would have think, a lot of fun with it. Like, I'm he cool. would probably have too much fun with it. Yeah. I'm cool with Peter Jackson still directing it, but I'm saying if these didn't exist and someone was finally like, okay, yeah. we're going to make a Lord of the Rings movie and and they brought it out, new concept, new everything, but Peter Jackson still signed on. Like, I think that his execution would be a little different and I think that we would have very similar but different structured movies and it I would be intrigued as to how it's done. I mean... If these movies didn't come out when they did, we would be living in a very different pop culture world. Oh, yeah, yeah. True. I agree. With the yeah. amount of influence these movies made. That's true. Yeah, if we hadn't had Gollum and the work they did here in The Two Towers, I don't think we would have the... I don't think we would have the Avengers movies. I don't think, no. we, would, I don't think we would have Thanos. We wouldn't have any of these. I mean, at the time you premises. had... The Fellowship of the Ring start came out the same time as the Harry Potter series did. Yeah. These are two very influential movies in the fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. If Harry Potter had been allowed to run the course and not have Lord of the Rings as part of that, it would it would look very things would look very different today in Hollywood. I think a lot more eight part stories could be could be more eight part stories could be less um, 
mythical land fantasy and more reality based fantasy. Mm. You know, on Earth in modern times, like Harry Potter yeah. is. Mm-hmm. At least Halloween. Or well, Chris Columbus could have taken off, and he would have done Lord of the Rings. And yeah. Would have had, oh boy. Would have had kids. Yeah. Just imagine this too. Here's here's a thought for you. So we didn't talk about this last week, but I wanted to bring it up. In the 1980s, the there was a very, very, very almost happened plan for Disney to buy the rights, the film rights to Lord of the Rings and make an animated Lord of the Rings series, mm-hmm. or at least a Lord of the Rings movie. And uh, it fell through for whatever reason or another, and uh, they sold the film rights to somebody else. Um, you guys may have you've seen the animated Hobbit. We talked about that last week. There are animated Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, Disney would go on to make the Black Cauldron because they really wanted to do a fantasy thing anyway. They'd already made a bunch of drawings. But if Disney had made Lord of the Rings in the early 80s, you know, would these movies exist at all? Like, no, and, and no. would have never given up the rights. And would the, no, would no. the premise uh, of Lord of the Rings, I mean, like today we'd be getting the Lord of the Rings live action we, remake. I take that back. I was just going to say we'd have a live action yeah. remake of it. Yeah, do we and think, it would not be as good as this because no. they're too corporate driven. Yeah, they, it, it, they were making. It would have been movie. much more child focused or child friendly. Wouldn't be and which Lord of the Rings. Even though I think these are only PG, aren't they? No, these are PG thirteen. Are these PG thirteen? I hope yeah. so. They sure are violent. Yeah, like I mean, it, I, I feel like if they were released in any other time than when they did, you'd be getting something along the lines of like the Joel Schumacher edits of the Batman, the Batman movies. Yeah, yeah, which really suck. And yeah, who knows? We we could have gotten something a lot more different. We could have gotten something probably a lot less entertaining and a lot less impactful. Because when it comes to three hour movies, you just don't see those. I mean, at that time, you didn't see those a lot. I mean, you definitely see them a lot now. Yeah, and I think I think if anything, they do play a large role in that. Do yeah. we we live in a world of remakes and reboots? Is anyone brave enough to even take on this again, or is this? Is this what we get and we're happy? Especially with the tank of the Hobbit movies. Do we they think... They didn't tank. Well, with, they made, they made, they made money. They, they, they just weren't with made as, well. Just with as like, poorly looked upon as those movies are. Let me rephrase. Do we think we see anybody brave enough to be like, I want to try... God, I, I hope not. No, not with these. Not with this TV show coming out. I don't yeah, think any time in the next ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in the twenty. You know, like twenty, thirty years from now, I could see it because by that point, these movies will be uh, forty years old. So you know, you look at like twenty forty. Maybe that time period, somebody might take it up again. But in ten I, minute increments on Quibi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, or on TikTok. <laughs> no, uh, I really hope they don't. And the reason why is that, like, would you would you want to remake Ben Hur? They did they remake Ben Hur, and guess what? They did that? It sucked ass. Um, they didn't have to. It didn't have. They didn't even need to remake it. Why no. does it need to be remade? The other thing no. is, is that it's like uh, that's what a lot of people feel about a lot of these movies that are being remade. There are movies that they remake and they do a horrible job. Now, granted, the nineteen fifty nine. Re- uh, uh, version of Ben Hur was a remake in general, but the new remake they had, like what a few years ago, was was apparently very terrible. But I'm talking about like movies, like say Lawrence of Arabia or Cleopatra. How, how, or, about, I don't know. You're talking about classics. Yeah, I don't know if this is. Classics. I don't but know. This, but this this constitute. I'm, I'm, I think you're right. Yeah, this, I think this, you're right. But I, like, but like, if you were try if you were going to try to remake this, it would piss people off, and it would be like, all right, well, we'll go see it. And then it would be like, okay, they remade it. That's cool, because this is the original material. This needs to stay where it's at. I hope that Books they never. The I hope that they never touch it. I hope that they never touch it. And that's where I sit on that. Yes. What were you I was going to say. You might say. I don't know if this has happened before. We'd have to actually do some research to know this. Because I'm just going to say this. You might say that if something's nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be remade. Yeah, I agree. Probably fine. And I was because I was thinking about there's plenty of remakes that are good. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of remakes that uh, outdo the original. You know, yeah. like Ocean's Eleven's a remake. Well, you see, know, and there it, are a lot of there are a lot of remakes that are pretty good. But well, most remakes that are pretty good, the original movie probably wasn't all that great. The thing about yeah, I, that's what I was saying is like if you're gonna remake something, remake something that's that could have been good but wasn't. Yeah, like. Um, 
Sonic the Hedgehog. Or if there's a technological reasoning behind it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, don't do it just because it's name recognition. Like, don't remake Star Wars. Don't remake, yeah. Yes. Don't remake Stay Star the Wars. hell no away from do Star do Wars. Don't remake Casablanca. Don't remake... Well, I was going to say don't remake West Side Story, but they're doing it anyway, Spielberg. Oh, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a musical, though. Mm-hmm. You can modernize musicals. Like, yeah. that musicals are different. I mean, you can modernize anything, really. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that you just should leave alone. I feel like... And, like, if it, it, and there, then you should find the things that could have been good, that had a lot of, like, fan base for it, yeah. that didn't do well, and then be like, let's try this again. It's going to be really hard. The movie's so definitive at this point. Yeah. It's... I think it falls into the untouchable category. Yep. Myself. Yeah. And also... And I think also, they'll continue to build upon the world, like they do with Star Wars, like they do with Harry Potter. And also... And like they're now starting to do with this. Yeah. They'll build upon it rather than remake it. Well, also, it, it, what, else, what I was going to say was, was that, like, we had writer-director Peter Jackson come in and do these adaptations which are flawless. Could If you tried to do it again, you would simply be copying him. Oh yeah, and if you did something, and if you did something different, you wouldn't be staying true to the story. Yep. So, it's too definitive. It's really hard to mm-hmm. to, to remake it unless you're going to do something like a TV series where you'd be telling the same story but in a different format. Yep. Yep. Fair yep. enough. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, let's move on to the box office history of this movie, yes. The Two Towers. All right, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers debuted the weekend of December 20th, way back in 2002. It finished number one with a three-day opening of $62 million. Uh, so that beats uh, Fellowship of the Ring, which opened to 47. Um, it's so crazy. I'm big sorry. Big uptick. But it's crazy to me that in the world we live in now, that $62 million just doesn't sound like a lot to me for a movie like of this caliber. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like... Seems like such be like it really only made yeah, sixty two well, million. Gotta remember That's how much, crazy. Yeah, gotta remember, remember how much cheaper movie yeah. tickets were yeah. at the time. Yeah. Oh no. I yeah. I know that there's a bunch of changes, but like no whenever you say it, it's just like wow. Thank that's God. crazy. That's weird. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God there was no three D. Yeah. There's been a lot of elements that change. At the time, that was still a, a very large opening. Yeah. Um. And uh, so also in the top five that weekend. Uh, is uh, two weeks notice? You guys remember this movie? Yeah, that was number two. That opened against the two towers to uh, fourteen million or to yeah fourteen million dollars. Uh, made in Manhattan, Aww, another that. movie that shouldn't be remade. Uh, number four is Gangs it. in New York. I loved Gangs in New York. I like Gangs in New York too. I had to watch that for a class in college. And uh, really liked it. What class was it? Was like it was a uh, comp one actually. Oh, it was I... Dr. Mackey's comp one. <clears throat> Had to watch Gangs of New York. Well, I had we had to, we had to pick a Best Picture nominee, and then write a persuasive argument as oh. to why it should have won Best Picture. Okay, mm-hmm. it was probably the genesis of me really enjoying uh, movies <laughs> in the way that I do now. Like before, obviously, I loved movies as a kid, but I was like, wow, I'm making a, a forthright argument about why Gangs of New York should have won Best Picture, and then reading eighteen other people's uh, uh, eighteen other people. I was in class with twenty five people. Yeah, I wrote about Gangs of New York. Two people wrote about the two towers, I think, and some other, and then the rest of the class literally wrote about Juno. I had to, I had to, uh, I had to. Juno is. I had to. uh, What's the word? Uh, Proofread or not proofread? But I had to like uh, peer review four different arguments why (laughs) Juno should win. What Juno lose to? I don't remember. Do you? Uh, Uh, Best picture that year was. no country for old. Oh time. right, right, right. Oh, that's awesome. They didn't come out. They didn't come out the same year again. Yep. Anyway, number five, another movie that should never be remade. Uh, Drumline. Oh snap! Heck yes. Give so uh, Nick Cannon can't read music, but he plays by his earring. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, so no sequels of the top five that weekend, okay. uh, except for Two Towers. Uh, Fellowship. Or excuse me. Two Towers are going to finish with three hundred and thirty-nine million dollars in the United States over its run. Add in five hundred and ninety-six point eight million from foreign markets. That brings its worldwide total to nine hundred and thirty-six million dollars, which at the time was the fourth highest-grossing movie of all time. Wow! Just think of it. It's like what number twenty-five? It's now? way down on the list. Yeah, yeah, it's way down on the list. Wild. I mean, it's not. It, it it's uh, I mean, unadjusted. It, it's not past the billion-dollar mark. So actually. Uh, uh, think one of the Harry Potters is higher than that. Like, I mean, if you think about it for a second, like, none of the Lord of the Rings movies grossed above $400 million. No, domestically, no. no. no yeah, domestically. Yeah. Like, it, it changes overseas. Yeah, yeah. But, like, 
Half of which comes out of New Zealand. There you go. So we we travel back to the year 2002, and uh, number one, as many of you might guess, Andrew, you said it earlier. Number one. Uh, number one for 2002. Number one for 2002, Spider-Man. It is Spider-Man, Spider-Man. He does whatever a spider can. With 426. So I'm just going to say this right now. 2002 was a pretty fun year for movies. You've talked about how 19, what was it, 89 is one of the best years 1999. for movies? 1999. 1999? one of the best years in film history. Uh, 2002, I don't know if it's the best year in film history, but it definitely, I think, was a definitive year for what the four of us, anyway, would grow up to really know as movies. Uh, so, number one was Spider-Man. At number two, with 300 million, you had Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah, I Number about three, that. Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets. And number four, the highest grossing non-sequel of the year, Signs. And number five, the movie that they literally left in theaters for almost a full year, It's My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two Towers comes in at number six on that list. Some other honorable I mentions. I how popular My Big Fat Greek Wedding was. It, it they was left it in huge. It was forever. indie films of all time yeah. at the time. I think forever. Isn't it like the highest grossing? I think. I'm sure it's not anymore. I mean, it's produced by Tom Hanks. You can't get any better than that. Very good. They left it in theaters, I think, for 48 weeks. Wow. Or 46 weeks, something like that. Uh, honorable mentions, some other good big movies, sequels and non-sequels that came out the year. Austin Powers, Goldmember, Men in Black 2, Ice Age, uh, Garrett's favorite movie of 2002, Scooby-Doo. Yeah! Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> uh, Eight Mile, best song winner that year. Uh, the Born Identity and best picture winner that year, A Beautiful Mind. Uh, yeah. We've made one previous trip to the year 2002, surprisingly, with all those sequels. You'd think we'd be there before. But the only 2002 we reviewed previously was uh, Red Dragon. And that's it for the box office. That's not a sequel, though. Oh yeah, and sorry, but we just Spider-Man. Is not oh, you're talking about sequels. But yeah, and Spider-Man. I mentioned. I'm sorry. I mentioned. I, uh, I mentioned that already. Oh, I was also going to ask Andrew since he is. You have a you have a, an interesting encyclopedic encyclopedic knowledge of the Academy Awards, whereas you know a lot of things I don't ask you, but when I ask you, you don't know. So mm-hmm. we'll see if you know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has there ever been another franchise of movies? Sequels, where every single one of them was nominated for Best Picture. Because this one has. I don't. I, feel, I, I don't, feel like Godfather is the only one that could touch it, and I don't think oh. Godfather Three was nominated. Yes, it was. Was it? Yep, it was only the Godfather. So you were even more prescient in comparing yeah. them to the Godfather. Yeah, because so God, all of Godfather's movies were nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. The third one got completely shut out. Like it was not. It was. It had seven nominations, but it didn't win anything. Kind of because it was a piece of shit. <laughs> well, the Two Towers won two of its six nominations: best sound editing and best visual effects. Yep. It's also up for best film editing, sound, art direction, and best picture that year. I feel like that, best... which is a little bit of a down from the Fellowship, which was nominated for thirteen Academy Awards, um, with best picture, best director for Peter Jackson, and best supporting actor for Ian McKellen. And then a bunch of which smaller awards, but still, it, I, I would contend. I mean, and there's there's a lot of people out there who say the same thing about Andy Serkis. He should have been nominated for this. Andy Serkis should have been nominated a lot of times for a lot of things. Yeah. Didn't he receive an honorary Oscar at some point? I don't know. He I think I think he just recently got one. Well, you know, they talk Brad Pitt on his on the Oscars this year. You can listen to our Oscar reaction episode uh, on the podcast feed. I talked about on in his speech wanting a uh, an award for best stunt. Performer. Yes, he I played think a stunt uh, performer in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A lot of people want a category for stunt. Why do I keep pausing after stunt? Stunt, stunt performer. Stunt yeah. choreographer. Yeah, choreographer. And a lot of people also want a best, Oscar, best whatever you'd call it best for pop. performance capture. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It's a it's a real thing now, especially in the CGI world we live in. What a lot of it is. The mm-hmm. dots and the capture. Yeah. Well, the world of the world of filmmaking <clears throat> becomes bigger every year as technology grows, and frankly, as people just start to acknowledge things that were overlooked for generations, yeah. there should be an Academy Award for stunt choreography. When you consider how many movies, even movies that are get nominated for Oscars, how many of them have stunt work or have mm-hmm. some level of or of of either fight choreography or. You know, car. You know, like car crashes in movies. People don't think about it. They just think about it as a as a car. You got to have somebody who's doing the car, who's driving the car in that situation. Yeah. So like, even movies like like, I'm sure 1917 could have been nominated for best stunt team. When you mm-hmm. consider that that mm-hmm. stunt team is probably 
doing all this stuff and having to weave in and out of like camera shots. Mm-hmm. So like you Ford know, Ford v Ferrari. Ford v Ferrari could have had best stunt crew. You know, like it, it's and definitely maybe, something that needs to be acknowledged, and maybe it doesn't have to get acknowledged on the TV show. Right. But and if there were a best stunt performer category, maybe Tom Cruise could finally get an Oscar. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he would be uh, one of all one of the Mission few superstars who. To my knowledge, still does his own stunts. Yes, yeah. uh, going so, back to I gotta just watch with him running alone deserves an Oscar. Jackie yeah. Chan, him full on go. running. He, he may not anymore. He's kind of old. I now. think he does. I think, I think he, he still does, does the majority oh. of his stunts. Anything that he, does, got, he got an honorary Oscar. Did he get not? He should. Yeah, we like, sidetracking real hard, but like sorry. y'all see that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan got a movie coming out together. Oh boy! Yes, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. I wonder back if it's to gonna be. Podcast. I wonder if it's gonna be more Schwarzenegger or more Chan. I hope it's more chance. Give me both. <laughs> so let's 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 play the game. Letterbox Andrew, game. We're gonna play the letterbox game. Andrew won last week, so he's going to run it this time. L E T T E R. He got it's letterbox. Yeah, the yeah, game. Unfortunately, we just have to kind of guess now, don't we? Yeah. yeah. There's so, no primer. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Uh, there's no. There's no uh, critic it's, consensus. Yeah. The you can read the synopsis of the movie. <laughs> it won't help. Us. I'm not gonna do that because. No. We just got done talking about it, but uh, okay. Last, last week it was oh, it was four point three four point three last week. I remember that because our collective score was the same. Yep. So how should we guess? Should we go clockwise or counterclockwise? Yeah, so we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah. We'll start. I'll say uh, if I remember correctly, last week Fellowship Three was four point three. We just so said that. I'm gonna say I was getting directed by Garrett. <laughs> I'm gonna say that Two Towers is four point two. Four point two. I'll go with four even. So four even, four point two. I'm going to. I'm going to keep it exactly the same at four point three. Okay, so four point two, mm-hmm. four even, four point three. The letterbox score, according to Letterboxed, <laughs> the Letterbox community. Josh, you are the winner with four point three. Oh, dead even, man! I thought there'd be a slight drop. Nope, it's exactly the same. Wow. Incredible. Nice. So, um, so what do we rank? Oh, oh, I don't know if it'll tell you on the app. You know what? I don't think it does, so I'll do it. Um, this one is also on the list of top 250 movies on Letterboxd. Okay. Do y'all want to guess where it ranks? Oh, so what was Fellowship of the Ring? It was like 68, oh, right? Something like that. So the last, Five. the Fellowship of the Ring was 69 on the top 250 movies on Letterboxd. Right. Okay. So what is the two towers? He's, you two. I said 59. I'm going to say 61. Uh, I'm going to go with 70. I think I said 75 last time. I'm going to say it again. 75. 75 again. This time... Is number ninety eight. Oh, wow. wow, big drop! Big wow. drop. So no one was close this time. You were closest. I'll take it. Still off by a good chunk. So just barely makes it in the top one hundred. I am the EST. Yes, the list is top two fifty though, so it's a pretty Bianca safe. Bella reference. It is. <laughs> um, close test. Yeah. Uh, oh, what about our own? Do you don't do some wrestling thing. No, no, no. no. I was talking about Fresh Prince. Yeah, Fresh Prince. Yeah. It was a wrestling <laughs> Was it? You snuck one in last week. Oh, did you? I don't remember what it was now. You have to listen to the show. I don't know. Uh, I was too distracted by the late show with Stephen Colbert. Personal rankings? Sure. Personal rankings? What do we think about that? Sitting across me for an hour. <laughs> uh, I give it a three. Um, I, I would give this probably a three and a half. Okay. This is not. This Here. is definitely. This is definitely the least favorite of the three. Yeah, I give it a four point Wow, I, I, I think also. it's I think it's really good. It's well executed. It's not my favorite of the three, but like last week, Fellowship, I gave four point five. We'll get into the next one next week. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a hard drop to a three. I think last time it was four point five for me too. Uh, fell quite a bit. Cool. So the collective score is three point three. We are wow. much under three point three. We're, We're far a full under. star under the letterbox community here. Yeah. Yes. Um, so where do we uh, Where do we rank it amongst? Uh, like second movies in mo- in series, I think it's. Oh boy, I, I don't know. know. I even know how to do that. I don't know. My brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> Not great. Oh, I I, yeah. I retract the question. Wait, wait, wait. That's a that's you an thought, idea. You melt the question. <laughs> I said, where does it rank amongst second movies in movie series? Uh, 
odds. Well, I mean, not many second be... sequels have been nominated for Best Picture. That's so true. Actually, have true. to be pretty high. So it's true. It'd probably be a handful of movies. Yeah, but like, if we're judging it on our own merits, he also lost to Chicago, though. So. <laughs> Did it? Yep. <laughs> I thought I just had a beautiful mind one best picture. Well, no, that's that, that was for, for the year previous. That was for the Fellowship of the Ring, whenever it was nominated. What? Because we were looking at two thousand two. The ceremony was two thousand two. Yeah. The movie was two thousand one. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, yeah. It was three. Yeah. Chicago won. Um, we'll be back next week to wrap up this series and move on to something new and exciting. But first, we gotta finish this and see what Frodo does with the ring. What's right. that gonna happen? I don't know. Will he? Will he throw the ring into Mount Doom? Will Gollum steal it and just have it? Yeah, have it forever. <laughs> will we he turn, doesn't really want to do anything with it. The ring. Will, will it turn out that Frodo is actually Gollum in disguise? Will the Treebeard ever put those hobbits down? <laughs> Find out next time <laughs> on so many sequels. Ba-ba-da-ba.